and when I looked closer, there was a, a Sasquatch face on the other side, and uh, it was looking right back in at us. Staring back at me is a silhouette of a very, very giant monkey. An intriguing discovery is being investigated in a community east of Seattle. Someone came across a lengthy trail of extremely large footprints. They are up there. Welcome, everyone. You've tuned into the Nicola Valley Bigfoot Podcast, a place where your encounters are told. To share your encounter and to be on the show, email me at nicolavalleybigfoot at gmail.com. Now, sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, Sheldon. Thanks for having me. Um, I really appreciate your platform. I've had a chance to look it over, and I I feel very strongly that it's good for all the puzzle pieces to come together now. And so I hope to offer another perspective on your show. So thank you for the platform. I really appreciate it. Um, lifelong interest in the subject since I was a child when all of those uh, scary shows started coming out in the 70s. I don't know if you're old enough to remember those. Um, oh, of course. But there was a lot of stuff coming out in the 70s, and that that's what, you know, of course, sparked my interest in the topic. And then, you know, you go to college, you go through your life, have kids, all that sort of thing. You get busy with life, I, as I did. And uh, just, just kind of, you know, lost interest, didn't do anything uh, with my interest through my life. And then all of a sudden, in the early 2000s, all these shows started appearing, like uh, Monster Quest, and, you know, I would see Jeff Meldrum. Uh, a lot of different shows started to come out, and maybe you recall that in the early 2000s. And I just, you know, it wasn't on my radar. So when I was, I started to see this on television, I became... You know, it kind of rekindled my interest in the in the topic of Sasquatch. So, um, <laughs> so you know, it all of a sudden I was fascinated, and so I read everything that I could. Um, I joined up with the BFRO. I went on a lot of expeditions with them. I, I I spent a lot of time with a lot of wonderful people. You know, Bob Gimlin and and all the people in the BFRO at that time. There was a lot of different groups and. You know, we would go camping either with these expeditions or just, you know, a few of us going out, that sort of thing. And so I learned from all those people to, you know, do uh, to, to do field research, basically, where you're, you know, you're looking for uh, footprints and taking casts and all that kind of stuff. And because I'm, I come from a strong science background, I've been in the dental field for 33 years. And I'm a specialist in, in endoscopic regeneration, periodontal medicine. Um, so, you know, for me, when I read, I read Jeff Meldrum's book early on, uh, after I'd started seeing him on television, I re I just tore right through his book right when it came out. And I was convinced that these things were definitely real, that there was something to this. And then of course, going out on all these expeditions with all these people, uh, had my own experiences, right? You know, trees being pushed over close proximity, uh, the hollering, the, I shine, all these things, you know, <laughs> so BFRO, you're walking on dark roads in the middle of the night. And, you know, I was just terrified. I was fascinated, but you know, the, the, the fear was overcome by fascination. 
But I want to tell you that I did that for 10 years. I, I, you know, I was very good at it. I was, you know, doing the scientific method, being very critical of evidence, all that sort of thing, being dis- discerning, you know. And in fact, I would even go with some of the uh, field, um, you know, the people that take reports with the BFRO. I used to go out with uh, Scott Taylor would take me out and and I would you know, listen to eyewitness testimony and stuff like that. And, oh, boy, some of those people really had some terrifying experiences, and they would just, you know, shake and all that sort of thing. But after 10 years of doing that, and I moved over here to the peninsula, to the Olympic Peninsula, after 10 years of doing it, and, yeah, I had trees being pushed over. I would have all of these, you know, uh, hollering and, and finding footprints and all that kind of stuff. It wasn't that I didn't have that going on. But I just got bored with it. It just wasn't enough for me. Um, so I decided to, I had kind of a paradigm shift in my own beliefs, if you will. I started to believe that I could actually develop a relationship, kind of like Jane Goodall approach, right? Um, so I, I kind of made a decision that I was going to go into the wilderness alone for a month and just hang out with these beings because I knew they were there. I'd already had plenty of experiences, right? Um, but I couldn't make it happen because of my work. I own my own business. I have clients flying in from all over the world. So I couldn't do it that way. I couldn't take a month off because I didn't have anyone to run my business. And I had my son at home and I had my dog to take care of, all that sort of thing. So what I did was I started going back and forth camping. Uh, I'd go camp overnight, uh, solo camping, uh, go solo camping out in the whole rainforest, come back the next day, go back out the following day. So it was it was kind of like almost like a part-time or, or semi-full-time job <laughs> to just go uh, develop a relationship. And the, the, really the way for me that that occurred was just spending a lot of time alone in the forest. And I want to let your listeners know that there was a ton of fear on my part. I was terrified because when I when I started doing it and it started to it worked immediately because I changed my approach. I no longer wanted to gather physical evidence. I only had the intention of developing a relationship and it was about asking them, you know, asking them respectfully to teach me. And, you know, that was more of a hard intention than it was about proving or, you know, more of that head intention stuff. It had more of a strong heart vibration. Hey, I just, I I really want to just get to know you and will you teach me? And that was when everything changed for me. It it was like a light switch. Um, They started um, (laughs) not only walking around me very, very close, even the little ones when I would be out there, but they started teaching me um, this language, this symbolic language. We call it glyph glyphs or I call it symbolic language with sticks and rocks and all the things in nature and it took me a long time to develop my skill in understanding this language and there are fundamentals to it that I can teach to anyone um so I've developed you know I've gotten pretty good at understanding that language but they would also speak in this beautiful I don't know if it was like a Salish, some kind of an ancient, beautiful language that I didn't understand. And then they would also speak in click language. So, but what I did out there was I did take before and after photos of all the communication with the glyphs. 
I use that for teaching purposes, actually. And I took a lot of really interesting photos of a lot of different things, but I also got um, great audio of them talking in their click language, um, that native language that's so beautiful, um, just a lot of different audio files of them hollering. Uh, you know, I didn't I didn't get audio of them singing. <laughs> um, Combe has actually, uh, you know, sang to me before. Um, wow. You know, there'd be certain times when I would record record them. I usually would leave my recorder out all night long and let it run, you know, with the solid state batteries, that sort of thing. The, uh, taking audio files is not intrusive. It's not like you're putting up trap cameras. Um, the trap cameras and the, and the um, FLIRs, I did all that stuff. I, I used to use all those tools. But like I said, I, I wanted something more. I really, really, and it was such a strong intention and desire from my heart. It was purely this hard intention of, God, I, I just, I know you're real. Um, but, and for some reason, I was just so uh, dr- driven to want to get close. To, to really get close, you know? Uh, and so, you know, when they started teaching me the symbolic language and, and my trust was established, and, you know, trust on both sides, by the way, because <laughs> every time I'd go out there, I didn't know what was going to happen. I was all by myself, right? And that took a lot of courage, like I said. I mean, for me, the theme for me back in 2016 when this all started was to just overcome the fear and have this strong desire to have a relationship and have them teach me. I I didn't know what I didn't know. I want you to know that I just didn't know a lot. I really didn't. And so after a few months of us communicating uh, with these sticks and rocks and what we call glyph language, symbolic language, then and and I and I lecture about this, so I show you the actual communication that occurred. Um, so it has a nice flow to it, and then you can understand how this came about. They had to, they had to really work with me um, on my fear. You know, I had to before they could like outright walk up to me. I had to work on my own fear, and so that meant just it was just a process, and it really was baby steps to be honest with you, but. When I think about it, when we first initiated contact, it was probably early April when we really started getting into this communication. And then he walked up to me on July 31st, 2016, about 5.30 in the evening on a Sunday. And I want you, your listeners to know and for you to know that there was already a lot of trust established. And I knew that there was no, you know, that basically I didn't know his name at the time. His name is Combe. I knew I could trust him with my life because of all of my campouts out there with them, with this entire family. But Combe was the main, you know, he was the one that was mainly teaching me and communicating with me. When I had asked them to teach me, everything just changed. And it, and it was very fast. It was such a fast process of what I mean is the experiences were so so incredible and so so often that I couldn't keep up in my journal I just it was just I would have been writing all day long this is how much was going on even though it was baby steps it was every day you know uh, going through some uh, lessons with Combe and I can talk more about the lessons later but um, they take you through this process well I'll get back to when Combe walked up to me I was invited 
to a particular place in the forest. It took about two weeks from the time that he told me it was time for me to have a face-to-face. And that was, it was his decision to tell me when I was ready. They know when you're ready. Um, Had he walked up to me before we had established that kind of profound trust, uh, I I would have probably died of a heart attack (laughs) because the experience was quite profound. Um, And it was... It was life changing, and I, I, I honestly didn't know how he was going to react. And even though I trusted him, I trusted him more than anyone by that time. But when you have an eight foot, probably nine hundred pound—I don't even know how much he weighs—but he's very, very thick and very heavy. Um, when they're when he's walking towards you in the forest. And not walking on a trail, walk, you know, doing the the uh, trailblazing, which involves <laughs> every step breaking something. Very heavy footfall. I mean, this is like something out of a horror movie, right? Um, I, I knew that this being, this large being walking up to me, we had already developed this profound relationship through the symbolic language and through lots of other things that I can't get into. It is kind of a, uh, I, I do get into it during my presentation, but just know that our, our, my trust was established with him. He wanted me to know that he was, that, that he was real. And I'll be right on, honest with you. When I was out there communicating with him, I didn't want to see him for, for many months. I told them, I said, I don't want to see you because I, for me, the communication with the glyphs was enough. And I was, you know, feeling this loving energy from them and from me to them and all this sort of thing. And that was good enough for a while. But then I finally got to the point where I wanted to actually see him. And he decided it was time. And, you know, it took him 10 minutes, at least 10 minutes of heavy footfalls uh, coming closer and closer. And he did it very methodically. It wasn't done in a straight line. And he wanted to put position himself behind this really uh, huge thicket of, you know, stickers uh, so that I couldn't get to him <laughs> because I had such a strong desire to want to just be with him and get to him. Do you know what I mean? I wanted to touch him. I, you know, everybody, I'm sure all your listeners have probably you know, maybe even yourself have fantasized about just wanting to be able to hold their hand, for example, or I something have. like that, have, having them sit next to you at the picnic table or whatever, right? <laughs> I mean, we've all thought about that stuff, but he did it so methodically um, that he ended up standing there 30 feet in front of me in a place that I just could not get to him. And I'm an avid, avid Boonie Stomper, um, you know, I spent a lot of years in the bush doing stuff like that. But um, I want to tell you that my heart rate was probably, I'm guessing, sustained at about 160. I'm also an avid backpacker and climber, and I used to do, you know, skydiving, all that kind of stuff. So I know what it feels like to have a heart, you know, a high heart rate, but... Um, I sustained this really high heart rate with a very high blood pressure, I I can only assume, from the adrenaline, from the not knowing, you know. I I, I don't even know how to explain this. It's not that I didn't trust him. I knew that part was okay. It was this eight-foot, beautiful, very large being is walking up to me. 
I was invited for this thing, and I don't know how it's going to go down. I don't know what he's going to look like when he gets here. I just had a lot of, of maybe unresolved fear or anxiety or um, psychologically, I don't think people can fully fathom what this is like until you experience it. And by the way, he's He's beautiful. I thought that they were going to be, I thought he was going to be scary looking, right? You see all of these drawings and paintings and, you know, you hear different people describing this flat nose and sharp teeth or whatever it is. But I want to tell you that these beings look very, very human. They're just very big and very, you know, covered in hair. The face, his face had no hair on it and he had this Roman nose. I never expected that by the way, and I never expected, oh, so he looks very noble, right, very, very noble, very handsome, very striking, his brown eyes, you know, he's looking at me, he's got this heavy brow, Um, he's gray, he's not brown or black, you know, I never expected a gray one, I mean, for some reason, that never even entered my thought that uh, he would be gray, (laughs) so that part was very, very interesting to me. And he comes walking up in his big old head. <laughs> he walks and this limb hits his, just kind of brushes the front of his forehead and he walks through the limb and the limb goes right, boop, goes poop right over his big head. Um, and I just remember saying, I remember thinking, I shouldn't, didn't say it out loud. I was like, oh, you know, I kind of, my eyes went from my focus forward to then my eyes went up. I couldn't believe how tall he was. <laughs> like I said, he was in this thicket, and I couldn't see him until the top of his head appeared in his face as he walked up from down down below me up this, right, up, up this, it was kind of a little bit of a downhill slope. So I saw his big old head, you know, touch that limb, and that was when I went, oh, my God, you know, just like, oh, my God, how incredibly tall and just massive. I could tell how massive he was, but he wouldn't, like I could see his body through, his big body through the stickers and everything. Um, So I could, you know, because stickers, you could see through them. It wasn't that they were so thick, I couldn't see his big old body in there, but my God. And then he stops, or actually he, he starts pushing his body through the stickers He's like pushing his body through. And I thought right then and there, I was just going to die of a heart attack or stroke because I was like, okay, here it is. This was a 10 minute buildup of adrenaline where I was to the point where I was already ready to faint. Right. (laughs) And then he pushed his, and as he's pushing his body against these, these stickers, I thought he was going to explode right through. And all, all of the stickers started vibrating, like just, just vibrating. I remember that. And I remember some little critter in there go, go running out. I thought it was going to run right at me, whatever it was. I don't know what it was. I never saw it, but I thought for sure it was going to run right at me. Um, and it ran the other way. And this chipmunk was over my head, just going crazy, like just chatter, 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 chatter. And I'd never heard anything. So, you know, a chipmunk ever do that. And, you know, it was, the whole experience was so surreal, but he, he stopped right then and there and he just looked at me (laughs) and he just, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't saying anything. He was just standing there looking at me with these eyes, this 
gaze that reminds me of an eagle. You know, really this striking, noble, you know, this great, big, beautiful, noble being with this um, this gaze that reminded me of an eagle. It was like being looked at by an eagle. Um, there was some love behind those eyes, but it was very wise and stern and firm. Do you know what I mean? Like, he didn't just come up and start smiling at me. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been nice. <laughs> it was just the way that he was looking at me. I kept staring at him, and, I, and then I would, you know, I would look down because I didn't want to keep staring at him. So at one point, while he's standing there, I put my my body between, you know, I, I put a tree between us because I, I just wanted to avoid the staring. I felt like I was staring at him, too. I couldn't get my eyes off of him. It was just so surreal. And then I hear, and then, by the way, while this is going on, I hear one behind me, walking up behind me, but I wasn't focused on the one behind me, and I didn't think that I was, you know, they kind of had me surrounded, but I didn't feel at any time that my life was in danger, but um, then they started doing their click language back and forth with me in the middle, and I was like, oh, my God, they're talking about me. They're talking about me. What are they saying? They're probably saying she's about to have a stroke. (laughs) 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 I I kid you not. I to have a sustained blood pressure um, and heart rate like that for that long. I don't I don't think I would have survived it had he not intervened. And what he did was he put this energy on me. I just got hit with this beautiful energy of that just calmed me. And I sat down, you know, I was sitting down and because he just stood there, you know, and I was like, because I tried to get to him. I love that part out. I tried to get to him. I tried to walk directly into him. And then I tried to walk around to the right. I tried to walk around to the left and I couldn't get to him. And then I just decided to come back out and just sit down. And he was just standing there 30 feet from me, um, not not doing anything. And I felt like maybe I was doing something wrong. I thought, am I doing something wrong? Maybe I'll just sit down, regroup myself. I had to kind of hum to myself and sort of hold myself and rock myself because I didn't know what I was doing wrong, but I just knew that I needed to calm down. And I kept telling him, even though my heart rate was so high and all that kind of stuff, I kept telling him, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm okay. (laughs) He knew I wasn't okay. But (laughs) it's, it's, I just, I, it took me two or three days to recover from this. I by bet. the way, I bet that that, that has to be that, that that has to be something yeah. that that borderlines that, that that kind of rises the line of a, a traumatic experience. Other than you know the way oh, you handled absolutely. yourself, I mean, it, it just that's a lot of information to to intake at once. You know what I mean? And it really sounds like you handle it very well. Oh my gosh! Well, like I said, he they. They know everything about you. I want your listeners to know they know everything about you. They know what your fears are. They know when you're ready, when they start teaching you. And by the way, they want to teach. They really want to teach humans now. I mean, that's this whole process that I've been going through with Combe for the last, what is it, 2016, seven years now. Um, it's all been in my, pre- my own preparation to learn how to teach about them. So I teach um, I teach your listeners or whoever wants to hear this that if you just put your heart out there when you go in the forest, just put your heart out there and 
and ask them to teach you. Um, they want to teach. They want to teach us. He said, he's told me so many things. I've learned so much. And by the way, I didn't know his name when he walked up to me. So just know that this has been a process of him revealing, like I said, kind of baby steps, one little bit of information at a time. Because if he gave it all to me at once, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't understand it. And I wouldn't be ready for it. It would be completely overwhelming. But now he's in my life daily. There isn't a, a day that goes by that Kombe is not in my life, and I feel like the most blessed person on the planet uh, uh, regarding this kind of little secret world that I have going on in the forest. <laughs> um, you know, the little ones scampering about me and just being accepted into this family, right? And now all I do is I, I love backpacking, solo backpacking, and so... Before that time, because I was so terrified, I would just go camping in these campgrounds that were sort of isolated from people. You know, the lesser, the campgrounds where there's less people and it's further away from the main road. And now I, I go way off the beaten trail and I, you know, I I make my own trail. I'm a trailblazer and I backpack. And the, and the reason that I do that is the only way I can get alone with my family is to really get off the main trail and just solo backpack because if I take anyone with me which I have before I I don't have the same experiences I can't be as close um with 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 these beings um but the bottom line is the best way to have your own experience is to enter the forest with your heart in fact you can you can start talking to them before you even get to the forest and and let them know that your intention is purely just, I want you to kind of use your imagination and, and think about what it would be like to have a teacher that you can go visit every day. And they're not certainly limited by space and time. They're just not limited by having to go to the forest. But that's going to the forest, what it does is it opens your heart because your connection with nature comes very natural to you. And I would tell your listeners to really be like a child just just go back to your your child self a lot of times I go in the forest and I this is what I do this is my thing I go to the forest and I build little forts by myself I'm out there like a little kid because that's what I did as a kid I spent my whole life in the forest building forts so when I go out there and I'm building forts and I'm being very childlike that's what attracts them they love that energy they absolutely love it if you're going into the forest with trap cameras and fleers and drones and all those things, that's not child. That's really not your child. Your beautiful child self wouldn't be doing those things. Your beautiful child self would be really um, more in your uh, amazing imagination, building forts, you know, stuff like that. And I'm sure you can relate, right, Sheldon? I think you have kids. And- oh, yeah. You probably did all these things with, you probably did all these things, you know, find your favorite tree and climb your favorite tree, whatever it is for you. Um, I, you know, that's the greatest piece of advice I could give anyone is just just let all that stuff go. And you know what? You have nothing to lose by trying this method, right? You have nothing to lose. Let's say your intention is purely heart-based and it is just, Hey, will you teach me? I, I really want to get to know you. Will you teach me? And it and it's it's got to be sincere though because they can read right through you. 
if, let's say, you go into the forest and you're saying those words, but they're not your true intention and your intention is something more e- more ego-based, like I want to prove their existence. So I'm going to tell them that I want a relationship and that I'm going to get a video of them or something like that. It's just, you know, humans are so funny. We, we think that we can trick them, but you can't. They're so much more wise than we are. They're beyond, in what I've been shown, they've been here a heck of a lot longer than we have. And their abilities, as far as being able to read your thoughts and read your intentions and truly see you, it's just, it's something that humans can learn how to do. Like we can all learn these things that Kombe is teaching me. And that's another reason why he's teaching me all these advanced things Mm. is that he wants me to teach them. He wants me to teach what he wants me to teach what he teaches me about and and by the way, I tell people that going solo in the forest and being still this is something very uncomfortable for a lot of humans, right, but going into the forest and being very, very still, you get to know who you are and i when i pre- when I present this information and I tell people this isn't about them. I mean, they can they can be there to teach you and uh, really kind of hold hold you in in this higher purpose, if you will. But um, it's it's about you relearning who you are, and that turns people off that aren't interested in personal growth. And that's okay. You don't have to do personal growth right now. You can take this baby steps and just go into the forest with a hard intention of. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to come out here and just develop a relationship with you and then let them take over and teach you, but make it a, make it a priority. You have to make it a priority. Not that you have to spend three days a week out there camping or four days a week on different trips like I did, but, but make it a priority in your life. Basically by making it a priority, you're making yourself, your own self a priority. This isn't just about them. It's about you. It's about you. Um, and we're entering this time right now where we really need these ancient teachers and they really are ancient teachers. They're so wise and ascended, I might add. And and here's something I forgot to mention too, Sheldon, is that there's, there's different kinds of Sasquatch. Okay. For simplicity, there's benevolent ascended beings. And those are the ones that I surround myself with every time I go in the forest. And and that that's pretty pure because it's just my heart intention that creates that reality. If I go into the forest and I'm putting trap cameras out and I'm doing traditional research, and it's okay if you're like new to this and this is fascinating to you and you you've learned these tools from other people, that's okay. But I just want you to know that if you have this intention of proving or somehow making your e- ego bigger or it's all about you or all about self-importance you know, that kind of thing, you're going to attract these other beings, and there are other beings (laughs) that you really don't want to be attracting. You know, they don't have your best interest in mind. That's something that Kome taught me really, like, early on, was that there are benevolent beings that are ancient teachers, and they are ascended, especially someone like Kome, because he's an ascended teacher. He goes through this whole process to become that but then there's these other beings that are just, I call them the others. He showed me that early on, and he showed me what groups were dealing with what, you know, because I asked those questions. He's taught me a lot of things over the last seven years. 
early on, I needed to understand that because I couldn't understand why I was having this being invite me into the forest so he could walk up to me and, and, and all the things that he was doing with me was just pure div- divine love, quite honestly. Um, not, not physical, uh, or spiritual love, divine love. These beings are very, very advanced and they're able to allow you to feel that energy. But, um, he showed me that there's other beings out there in the forest. So what you want to do when you go in the forest is put out that intention that's purely from your heart, because that's a completely different vibration and you will attract what you put out. It's like one of the first things I teach. Judy, can I ask you really quickly? I'm sorry, I I hate interrupting you, but what other beings are you speaking of? Is it something more malicious? Yes, malevolent. Yes, definitely. Okay, Okay. I Um, I think I know what you're talking about. They have the same physicality, okay? So there's two types of Sasquatch. And for simplicity, I'm just going to say there's two two types, okay? Although there runs the gambit between, right? right? Just like there is in humans. You have the Dalai Lama on one end and you have Hitler on the other end or whatever, right? But I'm talking about what are these beings' um, intention? Where are they on their journey of ascension, right? So you've got beings out there that look look like Sasquatch. Those are the ones that people are seeing and reporting and all that kind of thing. But they're not ascended beings. They're not the ancient ones the original ancient beings that have been on this planet forever, um, you've got these other beings that don't have teachers, they don't have good intentions. Um, if you're going in a forest and you're looking for these beings and you're putting, this is what you're going to attract if you're out there, you know, doing the trap camera thing and the drones. And there's a lot of different groups doing that. And that's okay. That's okay. You know, you, like I tell people, you're going to attract a mirror image of what you're putting out. So let's say you go into the forest and everything in your energy is about your head. It's coming from your head, your intellect, but it doesn't have heart energy behind it, leading it. If it's purely, I want to get a photo. I want to get a video. I want to post this on YouTube. I want to become famous. Um, I I'm doing this out of greed. I'm, you know, I want to be important. I want everyone to, think that I'm the greatest researcher there ever was. <laughs> These <laughs> kinds of energies is what I'm saying. Then you're going to attract lower vibration because this is all physics, okay? You're going to attract lower vibrational beings to you. And you don't want to attract you don't want to attract those or maybe you do. And that's fine, like I said. That's that's your that's your business, not mine. But but I'm what I'm telling your audience is if you truly want a relationship, like I did, I just was so, after 10 years of doing traditional research, I was so bored. I was like, this is, I mean, I did it to death, okay? I did it to death. <laughs> and I was like, well, this isn't getting me, I, you know, I just got to the point where I needed more. There's got to be more. I was kind of like, there's got to be more to life than going out into the forest and hollering out and having them holler back or hitting a tree and having them, you know, yeah, that's all well and good. And it's fun in the beginning. There's no doubt about that. It is fun, you know, and if you have to start there, then start there. But I just got to the point where I wanted more. And I think that there's a lot of people 
nowadays that do want more, but they're not really going to these conferences and getting this information. And uh, that's why I'm trying to speak wherever I can be invited to speak. I just really want to get the word out that you can have what I have right now. Anybody can have what I have. Any one of you. This isn't something special to Judy. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And so that's what I teach. I tell I, what I do is I take people into the forest purely for the purpose of getting them uh, a teacher. Wow. So there's Sasquatch teachers that are ready and eager to teach humans. They, uh, all they're waiting for is for us to come up to their level. That's all. So, like, when I present, I show a three-story house, and I, you know, down in the basement was the level that I was in for 10 years. I was down in that basement level, and the Sasquatch were up on a whole other level of the house just waiting patient for, patiently for me to come up, to come up to their level. And it really is about your awareness, too, your beliefs and your awareness. And for some reason, I had a paradigm shift. And I don't know if it was very purposeful on on their part that they were like, okay, you're you're ready for more. Uh, they do, you know how they say um, uh, God teaches in mysterious ways. Well, the Sasquatch teach in mysterious ways. <laughs> they do. And when you spend a lot of time with them, when you spend a lot of years with them, it, it just it, they never cease to amaze me. Wow. Never cease to amaze me. Uh, in their in their depth, right? Yeah. So go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to ask because you you alluded to it a little while ago, but you, you definitely took a less intrusive approach when it comes to you know quote unquote researching. You know, you, you took a step back in, in terms of using technology like like you know the flares and the the, the night vision and the the sound amplification and, and such. You, you decided to kind of leave that behind. Was that a sub? conscious decision that kind of just happened naturally or did you just kind of say you know what obviously this doesn't work because there's a million people out there doing this approach and it doesn't seem to be getting them anywhere let's try this let's try going down this road is that something that you you kind of decided to do well well like i said after 10 years of doing it it just got old for me and i did i i because i'm I love technology you know what i love technology and i i tried to incorporate all of it I even bought my son a drone and, you know, I, you know, I was getting into all of that stuff. I was borrowing equipment. I got my own flare at one point, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but like I said, 10 years, 10 years of just, oh, oh, you know, this kind of superficial level of connection, if you will, that's not even really a connection, superficial level of physical evidence. Um, it wasn't a, a, a connection. I was after a connection. So something changed in me, um, and, and I don't know what happened. I just, all of a sudden, something just, like the light bulb went on for me. And I, and by the way, part of that light bulb going on for me was I was going to the forest every single day on this routine path only a couple miles from my house. I was walking my dog every day on this forest service road. And I would hear branch breaks, and I would hear wood knocks, and all this kind of stuff. And then I would find footprints up there, and I would find footprints, uh, you know, like I would find like one footprint in the snow, things like this that were really odd. You know, I didn't, I had, I wasn't kind of experiencing that stuff before, and so I kind of had to open my awareness a little bit. And one day I went up there, coming from a church concert, and I was in this pure state of gratitude. I was 
I, I just love live music, and it was the orchestra and the choir and all this kind of stuff. This church puts on an amazing show, and I went to the forest that day, and it was in December, and, and all of a sudden, everything, these beings were standing very close to me talking, and I'd never experienced anything like that. So what I said to myself is, what did I do different that day? What did I do different? So this is how they habituate you, by the way. When you do behavior that they like, they reward you, okay? That day that I went into that forest wasn't about gathering physical evidence. It was just I went into the forest that afternoon in December just purely out of gratitude wanting to take a walk in the forest. No intention whatsoever other than gratitude. That was it. And I got rewarded. And so what I figured, what, this was like developing a methodology. It's, it's a very kind of like a scientific method, if you will, as you, you use your powers of observation to figure out what works and what doesn't work, what's going to get you closer to what you want. And what I wanted was, what I didn't know at the time, but what I wanted was a, a real strong connection. I wanted a connection. I wanted to be accepted into their family, and I am now. You know, I wanted um, something deeper than this superficial, you know, I don't, when I go to conferences, I don't hear people saying that, but I, I only think it's because they don't realize they can have it. Like, you don't know what you don't know, right? And I want people to know that this is real. It's, it's absolutely real, and every one of you can have, have what I have if you want it. You have to want it bad enough. You have to be sincere, when I when I asked them to teach me, it was a fervent prayer. I'm telling you, it was like, you know how someone asks for Jesus to come into their heart or whatever it is, right? Yeah. That's a fervent prayer. Um, and I, and I'm be real honest with you right now. I was miserable in my life, even though I was very successful. I had raised my beautiful son. You know, I just I'm the appearance of a beautiful, successful life had my own business, have had many years. I'm a pioneer in periodontal medicine, you know. But on the inside, I was miserable, absolutely miserable, because it was kind of like this. Isn't, isn't there more to life than this? <laughs> so this is why when these beings started talking around me, it's very close, right? You know, they were just talking, um, hollering out to me. And every time they would holler out to me, I would record it. Yeah, I would record it, but I would also feel this really strong heart heart sense of, oh, thank you, gratitude, just pure gratitude every time they would holler out at me. And it was a very different, see how I shifted? It wasn't, oh, I'm, I'm listening to this being hollering, I'm recording it purely for the purpose of scientific, uh, you know, discovery. It was, it was oh, I want to get close to you. See the difference there? Oh, thank you. I was like, thank you. Can we get closer? And then I and then they drew me in. I knew that this was like them habituating me. And then one day, I just said with all of my heart intention, I said, will you teach me? Please, will you teach me? And I don't even know where that came from. It just came. Okay. So you have to ask. These beings will not come forward in your life unless you ask. You have to ask, and you have to mean it, and has to be. There has to be some reverence behind it, some respect, reverence, gratitude. I, I go to these conferences, and I, I see very little reverence going on at a lot of these conferences. And again, 
And, and I feel that it's just because they don't know what they don't know. And I do believe that everyone can have the same shift that I have experienced. If they just let go of the science for a moment, <laughs> just let it go <laughs> and try this other thing and, and see what happens. you got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Yeah. But here's what happens. Here's what happens. Once you get a Sasquatch teacher, you lose all interest in, you know, um, the ego stuff. You just lose interest in it. You lose interest in the physical stuff, too. And that's okay. I mean, it's okay if you want to keep your fascination with the physical. And, I, and again, I did that for 10 years, so I understand how incredibly fascinating that is. It really is. But, um, yeah, you just kind of get to a higher level after a while especially after they walk up to you and you've kind of got that part out of out of the way <laughs> you know a lot of people are a lot of people are out there just trying to see one well i'm telling you right now it, don't put the if you don't put the cart before the horse put your relationship with them as your first priority and then you'll be invited for a face-to-face okay <laughs> it's just a it's just a better way to experience these beings than trying to get a glimpse of one walking through, you know what I mean? How fleeting that can be for a lot of people, or maybe it's not fleeting. Uh, but do know that you do want to surround yourself with these benevolent beings. So I would always tell people when you go in the forest to put your heart out there and ask them to protect you. And I'm talking, you know, it's always a good idea to ask for protection. I have my own personal Sasquatch protector. Um, his name's Aknobe. I've got another teacher now, uh, a female teacher, actually, who's really kind of taking me to the next level of kind of discovering my own power, my own feminine power, if you will, my own higher self power. Um, The advanced stuff that they're teaching me about the trees, oh, my gosh. So when I go into the forest now, it's not at all about the Sasquatch. It It hasn't been about them for a while. It's about my own lessons and about learning about the trees, but also learning about who I am and about who who we are, we, as humans. I'm learning some stuff about us that I would never even have known. I, I can't even believe I'm talking like this, to be honest with you, because I, you know, I, I, I lecture in dentistry and periodontal medicine, and I've been doing that for a number of years, and I still teach in periodontal medicine, so I have to play that role of scientist a lot. You know, I publish papers in science, you know, the scientific method, all that kind of thing. Um, but I've definitely got a foot in both worlds. <laughs> but if you just allow, if you just allow yourself to open to the fact that these higher beings, I'm talking about these ascended beings, are more than just in that physical 3D um, reality, they're very advanced, so they're able to do, you know, they, they're able to do things. When you spend enough time with them, you, you realize how advanced they are. And it has to do with their own ability to manipulate energy and to uh, be in a higher consciousness, if you will. And they teach us to come up to that higher consciousness. Um, and it really comes from the heart. Kombe always tells me, know all in heart. Because if you lead with your heart, your heart will actually lead your head, and then you, you'll actually be a much more intelligent, um, you'll, you'll have a higher level of knowing, 
and understanding if you lead with your heart first and not your head. He has taught, he taught me that from the very beginning. <laughs> he teaches me so, these are the things that he teaches. He just teaches so many amazing things and that the trees are uh, very instrumental in helping us humans. Um, they're here to help us as well. We have a lot of benevolent teachers in the forest. But again, I do want to let you know that there's others out there that if you put out that energy of ego, you'll just attract exactly that. You'll attract that lower vibration. So I tell people, go in the forest, attract this higher vibration that comes from your heart, and that's exactly what you'll get in your life. And it is a journey, and this isn't a race. Um, they teach in baby steps, and I get, I mean, I'm telling you, that first year, I was like, spending all my time learning these lessons, but I was so frustrated so often because he taught me the symbolic language that I had to learn from scratch. Nobody taught me this. And the way that they teach, you have to bring out your own intuition. They basically are teaching you to bring out your own, your own power of intuition, this other sense, this sixth sense, if you will. And that was how I uh, developed my understanding, but also, you know, of these symbolic language, which I present in my in my lecture. Um, and I can teach anyone to do it. And, and you know, when I teach people to do it, I, I'd say right now, nine times out of ten, I'm getting, you know, people are, you know, hooking up with wow. these beings wow. through this symbolic language. Um, now, whether or not they actually get a teacher, that's up to them because I haven't found anyone yet that really profoundly, because once you get a teacher and you ask for a teacher, then you're going to go on this journey of self-discovery. And I haven't found anyone that really wants to do that. But <laughs> if all you want, if all you want is just to watch videos on YouTube or hear stories about Sasquatch and you just want to keep them at arm's length, that's okay too, you know. If you want to do that for a while, that's okay, too. But I think some of your listeners, and maybe yourself as well, are ready for more. And they feel kind of a um, a pull, if you will, kind of a, a calling, a pull toward this topic. But not just toward the topic, toward a relationship with an ancient being. Um, they're yeah. so, it, it's so incredible. Anyway, I should let you a few words <laughs> up all the time here <laughs> well of course for the audience we're, we're speaking with judy carroll and she has a presentation coming up on april 1st um called building a relationship with sasquatch and i want to get into that judy um but i need to ask this one question before we, we move on because uh, the whole time you've been talking it's been kind of circulating through my brain here but what was their and, and by they I, I mean what was the sasquatch people what was their reaction to to your face to face with them were, were they nervous at all or were they like it, it's it's kind of baffling to me like i know how i would react or at least i have a general idea of how i would react if i had another face-to-face -face encounter but you know what was their what was their behavior were they nervous to to, to, to speak with you were they nervous to approach you what, what was what was their what, what, what was going on with them basically is what i'm trying to ask well, you, you have to understand that this was all carefully planned. So they're in charge at all times. They are in charge at all times. So he told me exactly where to go. It took me two weeks after he told me we were ready for a face-to-face -face with the glyph language, you know, with the glyphs. And again, I do present this in my presentation so you can see clearly how to understand symbolic language and how it worked up to the point where he invited me because 
He told me I was ready. I had finally got enough courage. I had finally was able to walk through my fear. He had to prepare me, right? So he was in charge of knowing when the time was right. So when he walked up to me, no, he was very, very calm, very loving, very um, just... um, he wanted me to know that he, that he was real. He wanted me to know that this is who you're talking to. He wanted me to see him face to face because it was part of my whole, my whole learning about them, this whole unfolding. And it really wasn't an unfolding. So understand that this wise, ancient being planned every second of that. Um, from from the time he invited me into the wilderness and started teaching me the symbolic language to the time that I slept out there alone, you know, completely without any tent or anything like that. And that was really what it took for me to get over my fear. It was all about my own unfolding. Um, so, no, it's everything that they do is very purposeful. And it's also a very unique curriculum. Like your like your teaching, the way they would teach you would be different than the way that they teach me. So you just have to be open for whatever unfolds and how they're going to teach you because we're all individuals. So you know when Kombe walked up to me, he was very his energy was very, very powerful, very um, assuring. You know nothing scary about it. Just very beautiful. It was a beautiful experience. Um, but again, they're in control. He's in control. So every little part of that experience was planned. And I know that you might not understand that fully right now, but you will someday. <laughs> if you, I mean, I'm talking about you and your listeners or whoever's yeah. you know, listening to me. It, it might be a leap for you to understand that they, they know exactly what you need. And they know, exactly, they know exactly what you need to have the best possible experience for your learning process. All right? I just, it's, if you can make that leap and know that these beings are so exceedingly wise that um, it, it just is beyond anything that you can imagine, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Just allow your heart to open. Allow your mind to open. Just stay open. Because, you know, when I go to a lot of these conferences um, or I hear people at these conferences talk about that these are just 3D wood apes, they're wood apes, basically, um, it's it's that person's own feeling safe in their own reality and their own belief of, hey, these are just wood apes, right? Um, but if you allow yourself to open to more, just that's all you got to do is just Stay open and try to enter this with your heart because your heart knows more than your head. If you tune into that heart energy, not only are you going to have your teacher walk up to you if you sincerely ask for your teacher, but you're going to be able to become a part of that, that Sasquatch family as well. And you'll have this whole magical thing going on in the forest. If you go solo, you got to go solo. You know, um, a lot of the stuff that he's teaching me now, I, I I can't like reveal on a podcast just because I haven't mastered it yet. Partly because I haven't mastered it. Um, but if any of your viewers are familiar with Dr. Stephen Greer and his work with extraterrestrials, 
just know that Dr. Greer and I are being pretty much taught the same stuff. Um, the Sasquatch are more connected to the Earth energy, whereas extraterrestrials are more uh, uh, ethereal, if you, if you will. They're kind of more, they're not as connected to Earth energies. But, um, you know, I know, are you familiar with Dr. Greer? Yes, absolutely. Actually, I watched a video of his yeah, uh, okay. the other day, yeah. Yeah, I encourage everyone to really tune into what he's saying because the Sasquatch of the, the Sasquatch of you know Comey has shown me that this is truth. Everything that he's talking about is true. Um, so you know, just know that these beings are uh, very high level. They know what's going on behind the scenes. They know everything. Okay, you can't. Um, entire consciousness beings that I'm dealing with in the forest, you know, they, a lot of times they're in their light body, for example. They don't spend a lot of time in their 3D body. They can. They come to me in their 3D body, but they also just completely disappear right in front of me after being in their 3D body. Like I said, if you spend enough time with them, then you get to see the skill level that they have, right? You also understand that there's really no such thing as linear time. Because a lot of times Combe is way ahead of me, you know. I'll he'll he'll he will have already a- answered a question before I even ask it, or he'll put out a, a glyph for me telling me something. Um, this is kind of hard to explain, and I know it might be hard for some of your listeners to understand that they're always one step ahead of you, and you begin to understand that there's no concept of linear time. There just isn't. That's a human construct. Um, you know, one night my friend and I were sitting by his fire up there on the hoe. He has 20 acres up on the hoe. And 50 of these beautiful blue-white orbs, they weren't really round, but they were like orbs. But they were energies sitting on the leaves of the tree, the big maple tree right right above us as we were sitting there having a fire. Um, so just you have to understand that these things can be in their light body, or they can be in their three-dimensional body. And if, and, and the people that don't experience that, I want to put this out there. If you have not experienced these higher-level ascended beings that have these incredible abilities to come in and out of our dimension, then you're probably dealing with ones that are not ascended. They haven't been taught these skills. Mm. And again, there exists both. Uh, there's a, a Native American uh, Sasquatch Island, this guy that does this Sasquatch Island uh, uh, thing. I don't know if you know him. I think he's from British Columbia, actually. Yeah, I know who you're talking um, about. Yeah, so, he, so he's very adamant because I've, I've asked him, you know, I've raised my hand when he's lecturing and I ask questions. And he's just very adamant about there's no such thing as, woo, you know, the woo doesn't exist. It's, it doesn't exist. He'll just flat out tell me that there's no such thing as interdimensional beings. Well, you know what? That's probably because you're not experiencing inter- interdimensional beings because you're you're attracting what you are. And if your beliefs and if your energy that you're putting out is more that these things are just wood apes and that they're some sort of primal wild person living in the forest that just hunts for deer and elk and, you know, does all these things, lives underground or lives in caves, then that's what you're going to attract. <laughs> it's just as simple as that. I don't know how to make it any more simple. But whereas, uh, and the other thing too, is that I always tell people, well, they're not, 
you know, you have two camps. You have the Wu camp, they call it the Wu camp, and yeah. you have the flesh and blood camp, right? Well, I tell people they're not either or, they're both. <laughs> they're both. It just it depends on what level uh, your energy is that you're putting out and what you're going to attract to you. So I would I would love for you and your listeners to, you know, focus on just attracting this higher um, level of research, if you will, I'll put that in quotes. I think it's time for us to come together as researchers. And unfortunately, I don't get invited to speak very much at all because I'm considered woo. Well, I've had many conversations with Dr. Meldrum. I respect the man immensely, right? I've spent a lot of time talking to Meldrum. And I and I even asked him if we could set up a pilot study for the symbolic language because I thought, you know, if I take people baby steps and I teach them how to do symbolic language and I can actually show in a pilot study, not, not to be published pilot study, but show a multi kind of like a multi-center research pilot study, if you will, where we have multiple locations. We have researchers that are, are blind. They don't understand. It's kind of like a double-blind study. And I tried to get Meldrum to do this with me, and he just declined. I, I showed him. I said, Dr. Meldrum, these beings want to connect with us. They want to teach us, and they want to talk. They want to communicate. And you don't get to that level of understanding, of true understanding, without really connecting and communicating, right? Now, I'm talking beyond wood knocks, and I'm talking beyond um, <laughs> communicating. I'm talking, I'm talking beyond ha- having them holler at you in the forest or push trees over at you. I've had all that stuff. That's not connection. And it is a form of communication, but it's much lower level communication. I'm talking about actually talking to them, talking and having a, a whole conversation like I showed, Dr. Meldrum goes, well, show me the conversation you had about your dog. And I was like, over breakfast, I showed him my little presentation. I said, here's the conversation that they talked to me about, about not bringing my dog to the forest because they wanted me to be alone. And it wasn't that they were afraid of my dog. It was that they, I, they couldn't teach me in the way that I needed to be. I had to get over my fear. And the only way to get over my fear of being alone was leave my dog at home. So it wasn't about my dog being attacking the little ones or anything like that. And, and I showed him that entire conversation. And I said, come on, let's do this. Let's show the Sasquatch community that there's a language that is universal, by the way. I said, Jeff, I use this language in the whole rainforest. I use it in the North Cascades up in Darrington. I've used it in uh, the Cascade River. I've used it in, at the Dungeness River over here. And I, 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 seven different locations. I had seven different locations where I was communicating. And he says to me, well, if it's universal, then what you're saying is that they all have, uh, that they have uh, universal consciousness, that they have unity consciousness. And I said, bingo, they do have unity consciousness. What one knows, they all know. And Kobe made that very clear to me from the get-go, made it very clear to me from the get-go that everywhere I went, well, Kobe comes with me everywhere I go. And that's the other thing is that, you know, Kombe is my ever-present teacher, so he's with me everywhere I go. Well, I didn't understand that in the beginning. It took a long time for me to understand that, Sheldon. Yeah. I didn't get that from the... I mean, it took me a long time to understand that he was traveling with me everywhere I went. It, they're not limited by space and time. They're just not. Now, your physical ones, the ones that are lower 
vibration. They don't have these advanced skills. Yes, they are limited by space and time. They are just like you and I, right? They're they're more the physical, although some of them probably do, you know, there's different levels of advanced skills, you know, um, you know, the ones that they're studying up here on the Olympic Peninsula where I live are more of those lower level physical beings that really don't want anything to do with humans. And that's one thing that that Sasquatch Island, I forgot his name, he will start out his presentation by telling you that these beings want nothing to do with you. And so when I get up there and present after him, I say, I completely disagree with that. Although I will agree with him that the 3D, the ones that are kind of that lower, they're not as ascended, they're not the ascended beings that I'm dealing with. They, th- those lower ones, they, they really don't want anything to do with you, you know. Um, and if you get in their space, they might actually do things that are scary or give you a, a certain smell or give you a certain vibration that makes you terrified and that will just run you right out of the forest, right? Um, I mean, again, it depends on your energy. If you're going into the forest to just prove or put up a drone or a trap camera, that's just, it's rude. When you think about it, it's rude, it really is, even though I didn't think that when I was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't think that what I was doing was rude. I was being a scientist. I was curious. I was following the scientific mandate, which is follow your curiosity and try to understand something you don't understand, right? Uh, but after a while, it got very claustrophobic in that, uh, physical, physicality energy. And it, and it was an unfolding for me to come into this understanding that these beings are so much higher, uh, so much more. And, and actually it's so much, it's so much more fun. Uh, it's much more magical. Um, it's much more endearing. It's much more fascinating uh, all of these things, uh, uh, rewarding, you know, fulfilling. These are all the words I can use to describe when you come up to this level, it just turns into this beautiful, um, you know, the world becomes a magical place. Kind of like being a kid again, you know, where you don't have, uh, limitations. You don't have limitations. You have, uh, if, if you limit yourself, like, let's say Dr. Meldrum or anyone else who I highly respect. I respect all of these people. Um, if, but if you limit yourself, it's, it's really unfortunate for you because then you don't get to experience the magic of what the universe has. And I use in my lecture, I'll use a pie, for example. I'll show a pie chart. And here's the little sliver of what we know that we know. Here's the sliver of what we know we don't know. And then the biggest part of that chart is, you don't know what you don't know. And that's the most fun <laughs> part of that pie and of life to explore is what you don't even know that you don't know, right? In other words, allowing allowing uh, these beings to teach you things that you didn't even know you didn't know. <laughs> and that's why, my life over the, that's why my life over the last seven years has been this magical, magical mystery tour, <laughs> if you will. I feel like I'm on this, I mean, you know, I have to pinch myself all the time, you know. I mean, jeez. I just, you know, I opened up this Pandora's box. Sometimes I wonder if I should have, if I shouldn't have opened it. But I am growing. (laughs) Um, I'm growing spiritually. I'm growing as a human. 
um, I'm starting to, to, to sort of let myself connect more with people. I'm starting to have more courage in bringing this information out because um, I think it's important where I, I kept it to myself for so long because I was so worried that my reputation and my profession would just get crushed. You know, mm-hmm. my patients fly in from all over the world and I I didn't want them to, you know, think I was some kind of nutcase. But what I'm what I'm seeing right now is that since COVID especially, people are open. They're more open now to this because everyone's feeling this craziness in the world right now. I think we're all feeling it kind of like there's something, something feels different. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I I totally understand what you're talking about. It's, there's, there's a different vibe happening in on the planet right now that I just can't put my finger on, but it's definitely, there's something shifting, something changing and I can't really figure it out yet. Yeah. 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 And I, so I know that I, Kombe has told, you know, he has told me so much, but basically when I asked him my purpose, he said, you know, you're, you're here to teach about my people. You are here to teach about my people and I'm to teach, I'm to teach what they teach. And it's, you know, for me, it's, it's great to understand what your purpose is. Right. But my other, but the on the other side, the other foot that's in the more intellectual world is, is to take my protocol worldwide, and that's what I'm working on now, and that's kind of why I'm moving back to the city real soon. In a month, I'm moving back to the city because I'm building an institute over there to teach periodontal medicine and teach this endoscopic um, approach to periodontal disease that is um, a much kinder way, you know, a much kinder way to treat. It's more humane, and it's less expensive. But um, So I've got a foot in both worlds, you see, um, and, and it's, it's interesting because now those, both those worlds are merging now. They're kind of merging, right? And that's, that's natural that that would happen. Um, I'm bringing more heart energy into my work. Um, and maybe I'll end up bringing more intellectual stuff into the Sasquatch realm. They're, they're going to continue to show me stuff and they're going to continue to give me stuff, uh, information. Um, and I think that in the coming years, um, maybe I'll be invited to speak more and I would love that. I would lo- and that's why I really appreciate your platform, um, here today, right now, because we need more people like you that will let people, that will let people like me speak. I, I just, right? I, I love, people. I love different aspects of the forest people. You know, ever since I started this podcast, my, my perception on what, what, the Sasquatch are, or the forest people, who they are, has completely shifted to the point where I'm not sure I want to do this podcast anymore because it, there's such a stigma around podcasters where you have to keep people entertained. And, and when, when things come from the heart and it's pure love and light, you don't really need to do that. It, it, it's becoming, and I can slowly feel that shift happening within me with, when it comes to the Sasquatch people. So I understand what you're saying. I'm just not at that vibration level yet. So I, I totally get you. Yeah. And you know, it's okay if I'm just planting seeds for people right oh, yeah. now. That's yeah. quite okay. Yeah. Yeah. I had to have the seed planted in me at some point and everybody's on a different journey and path and in their own time, right. In their yeah. own, in their own time, in their own way. And you know, if someone in your your audience gets a little bit out of this, maybe it's if it's nothing more than just a planted seed, that is yeah. okay. Well, right? 
to be to be honest with you, Judy, I mean, a lot of the a lot of times I speak to people uh, about their encounters that they've had with, with run-ins. You know, basically just the accidentally see one or, or you 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 come across one doing what they do. It, it does have a profound effect on them. It, it does change them on some level, and whether they're aware of that or not, I, I don't think so. But it, it does happen that that seed gets planted even by just something as a simple as a, as a quick glance. So it, 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 I think that that shift from you know flesh and blood and that sort of thing is is changing. I think the dial is turning, but it's a very very slow process because people are stubborn. Yeah, 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 <laughs> just, yeah. I, I I do hope that we can all come together because I think this whole thing is very purposeful. And you know, if someone sees a Sasquatch or they hear one, or, or let's say they go on a camping trip and they, they don't know anything about it, and all of a sudden they're aware of this this something going on um people people will have these experiences that are they're very purposeful the sasquatch know when it's time they know when it's time for you um and i know i know this is kind of hard for maybe for some of your viewers to understand but everything that's going on is very purposeful every bit of it (laughs) including you know dr meldrum and all these other wonderful people that lecture and teach and all that kind of stuff, all of our experience, you know, all of us coming together at some point, I believe is what they're trying to, um, what the end goal is for all of us to come together because they really want humans to treat each other better um, with respect, with mutual respect, right? Yeah. The, the Sasquatch, this is one thing you know, I learn about, you know, hang out with them enough is that respect is number one. You know, respect, gratitude, humility, and I am not a perfect human being. I am so flawed, <laughs> but I'm just telling you that they live in that kind of world. It's yeah. um, it's more ascended. It's more from heart energy, and um, it, if we can somehow bring more heart energy and really um, have more of a balance in these conferences and television shows and on and on. That would be wonderful. Yeah. It would be great. I believe that I believe that we're all meant to come together respectfully. Yeah. So. Well, Judy, uh, we have to wrap things up. We're running out of time here, but okay. um, you, you have a presentation coming up on April the first, and uh, it, it's a called "Building a Relationship with Sasquatch." Now, if people wanted to come come check that out, how would they how would they find you? You know, they can find me on um, they can find the information on my website. It's Heart of the Hoe. Heart of the Ho, which is H O H dot com. So Heart of the Ho dot com is, you know, it's kind of an informational website, but um, th- th- that presentation is on there, the the schedule, and where it's going to be, and how they can get tickets to it. It's not a, it's not your average uh, Sasquatch conference. Not even a Sasquatch conference. It's a Squatch Con, so it's a a Comic Con with a little bit of Sasquatch um, programming, and that's just me. I'll be the Sasquatch programming. And so I'll speak from 9 to 10.30, and then again from 2 to 4, I believe, or 2.30 to 4.30. Awesome. My own schedule. Um, okay. I was just looking at my work schedule. I have that day off. I might actually just drive down there and check it out. Oh, my gosh. That would be wonderful. Where do you live? <laughs> <laughs> I, live you're, um, you're... I live near Kamloops. I'm not sure if you were where Camo's BC is, but it, it's not that far from where you oh, are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, we used to go up to 
Well, we can talk about that later. Yeah, I, yeah. I used to go with the BFR folks up there, and we would do outings up there. Um, so, yeah, it would be great if you came, and then maybe we can go out to the whole rainforest together. Yeah, that'd be great. That would be awesome. Well, hang on the line after yeah. we, after we, we sign off here, and we'll, we'll have a little discussion. But, um, Judy, I want to say thank you so much, and I'm sure my listeners appreciated hearing you. And I'm sure you, you, if you guys want to attend and watch Judy, it's heart of the HOH dot com for all the information it's uh saturday april 1st at the red line hotel port angeles harbor in washington state obviously but um judy thank you so much i, I do appreciate you coming on today thank you so much sheldon you i bet. really had fun thank you the pleasure is all mine really really and for the listeners if you want to hang around we're going to close out the show stay there And we're back, everyone. We are back to pull a pin on this one, but of course we can't do that until we give Judy a huge thank you. Uh, Judy, thank you so much for for coming on the show today. I I really, really enjoyed speaking with you because, you know, your perspective and your views on on the Sasquatch are not very common. I don't think a lot of people take that approach when it comes to, you know, getting into research or or even, you know, researchers who who are kind of stuck in their ways. You know, you went from the BFRO and doing field reports and, and such to, you know, camping in the forest by yourself, which I really, <laughs> as you were saying, it really kind of gave me goosebumps because I just can't see myself doing it. But, oh, man, you know, I, I do believe that you're correct, though. I, I think that the Sasquatch can, they, they can tell what people's intentions are. And I, I think they're a very good judge of character, so. You know, you're you're right. I really do believe that these these beings can detect what your intentions hold, and if you're not in a good place, then you know, odds are you're you're not going to really get much accomplished. We'll put it that way. Then at least that's what I think. What do you guys think? Um, email me at nicklavalleybigfoot at gmail But uh, Judy, thank you again so much. I really do appreciate you coming on. And uh, for the listeners, I, I did extend an invitation to Judy to attend the conference here in the Nicola Valley as you know, she's not that far away and it's a possibility that it's a, she can come up here and maybe do her presentation for us. Who knows? Uh, Judy balls in your court. <laughs> Thank you again. I, I can't express my gratitude enough. Thank you so much. Uh, and speaking of the conference guys, I'm just waiting for one more confirmation. Uh, I know it's uh, been a long <laughs> It's kind of been a drawn-out process. Believe me, I am feeling the pinch. And uh, it, once I get this last confirmation, then I can really start diving into promotion and, and really getting into, uh, you know, selling tickets and, and all that sort of thing. Uh, I just want to do this right. I'm very, very nervous, and I want to make sure that this is done, you know, as correctly as I possibly can do it, you know, considering I'm coming from a place I, I've never done this before. So <laughs> we're all rookies here, <laughs> but, but, you know, uh, hopefully that comes this week. And then once that happens, we can st- really get into promotion and I can start selling tickets and I can kind of give a head count of what, you know, how many people to expect and, and start opening up for vendors and that sort of thing. So, uh, stay tuned. Uh, I know I keep saying that, but just please bear with me. I'll, I'm learning here too. So, and I, believe me, I appreciate your your, your patience. It hasn't gone unnoticed. (laughs) 
But um, I think that's going to do it for this week, guys. We've gone a little long, but uh, that's fine. Once again, Judy, you're great. Thank you again. Um, but if you've had an encounter and you'd like to be on my show, email me at nicolavalleybigfoot at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you and possibly get your story on the show. So uh, send me a message. And uh, I think that's about going to do it, guys. So until the next one, I will talk to you all later. Bye. <laughs>